I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, it really is. I mean, one of the best places you could possibly want to live, I would think. That's where the turf meets the surf, David Lee Scales. <laughs> All that a city needs is great branding like that and weather, I suppose. It's legit. I go around looking at the license plate holders. We've talked about this. Like, the amount of time I spend on the freeway, we've talked about uh, barrel or not, bumper stickers. We've talked about all kinds of stuff, right? Yep. Uh, the I don't know if we've specified the license plate holder as a subcategory, have we? I don't think we have. Yeah, but like good branding for a town in particular really makes me give a thumbs up. And Del Mar with where, quote, where the surf meets the turf, or maybe it's where the turf meets the surf, either way, is like, boom, you guys nailed it. Does Cardiff by the Sea have a slogan? It does. I think it's like fun and sun or something. It's like, uh, it's okay. It's like branded yeah. enough. Anything that's branded is like fine. And Cardiff has a good like, whatever. The like sign you see driving in is like, oh yeah, that's cute. Like that's fine enough. Uh, I think it's sun and surf. Maybe it's sun and surf. Cardiff by the Sea. But I would like nowhere near where, where the turf meets the surf. I would like to know what the city paid the marketing agency who came up with the slogan. I feel the best ones, the ones that actually hit today, was a city paying a marketing firm in 1973. And so I think it was uh, $1,500 and a steak dinner. Maybe so. Could they order martinis too, or is it just the meat? Exactly. They don't pay for alcohol. Nope. I think I think they did. I think they covered martinis. I think it was at Red Tractons. Have you been to Red Tractons? You're right there. <laughs> no. I mean, it's right across the street. I know it, but I've never been in there. Oh my goodness! Would you have plans tonight for dinner? No. Go I, to stinking Red Tractons. Really? I mean, hands down, my favorite. Funny. Uh, who's the Ira Opper? Uh, you know Ira Opper. Yeah. Ira Opper is the uh, founder and chief, the creator of the Surf Network. Network. Is that what? Surf Network. So anybody who has never heard of the Surf Network, Surf Network is a wildly worthwhile uh, investment. It is a library of some of the best surf films ever made, right? For all time. Yeah. Am I overselling here? 
No. And they're otherwise um, lost to time. Like if you don't have a DVD player and you can't track down the DVD, you wouldn't find these anywhere else. He's collecting them. He's he is collect, he is doing a service, Ira Opper. He is not only a director and a producer himself, but is like now the archivist of all the great surf films and also was smart enough, I think, early on to put them all, to digitize them all and put them all online. And so you can subscribe to the Surf Network and watch everything from the, I don't know, anything that you think that you want to watch from old timey. It's like very much worthwhile. Anyhow, uh, for the, when I was working on the Lisa Anderson film, uh, I needed to license some footage from Ira. And Ira thought I was an asshole, if you can imagine that, from my work on Beach Grit, etc. He thought I was a jerk. So he said, we can talk about this, but you have to meet me at Red Tracton and buy me the whatever, prime rib and a martini. And I said, boom. And I've loved Ira Opera since. I loved Red Tracton even before that, but Red Tracton, if you're around... Go visit. Did uh, so? Did he license you the footage? Yeah, he did oh, okay. at, a, at a great rate. Like you won him over. Been f- fast friends to this day, dude. I mean, I honestly, just got me wrong. Honestly, the uh, that taking somebody out to dinner, whining and dining them, is the cheapest marketing move ever. And I mean. It works on the large scale. It works with closing probably multi-million dollar, you know, deals. It works on every scale. And it's so effective. It, it was, and it was great. Ira, Ira and I both had prime rib and martinis and laughed and laughed. And then I got a great deal on the footage. Yeah. And yeah. I yeah, offer, smart. But well, sign up, Surf Network. So last week, obviously, I don't know if we talked about it on air or not, but uh, I was at Palm Springs, right? I found this place. Did you, are you, are you able to share what you were doing in Palm Springs or is that top secret? I don't think it's top secret. I, they took my phone before I went in. So, um, it's top secret in terms (laughs) of, I can't share, well, I can't share imagery and I did sign an NDA, but I don't think that I, I think I can talk about it. Um, but the Palm Springs, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Okay. I was in Palm Springs. I spent the whole day doing something fun that we talk about here on the show often, not golf. But at the end of the day, I was exhausted. And um, I just want to like veg, right? And like not eat vegetables, but be a vegetable and just eat a comfort meal. So yeah. I get on my phone and I'm like, I want a hamburger. So I get on Yelp and I find this place called The Heyday in downtown Palm Springs. Have you seen it? Have you heard of it? I have not, but okay. I am taking notes. The um, theme is martinis and hamburgers. Boom. And it's a smash burger. Are you familiar with the smash burger? I do. I don't. Can you explain to me the concept of the smash burger? Because I understand the burger is supposed to be juicy. I'm never a fan of juicy burgers myself, right? Right. Like, I like it when it's when the patty is crispy. And I've has only ever assumed that's what smashing the burger does. It gets rid of that juice you don't want and makes it like a crispy burger. Yes. It's still juicy on the inside, but it is super thin patty and it does have the crisp from the griddle for sure. So yeah, the smash burger, it's, I don't know who invented it. It became, it's in vogue in the last year, let's say, and they're kind of all over the place now, but it's the thin patty. So the ratio of everything within the burger is much better than when you have a thick patty. It's what it comes down to. 
who wants that thing? That I feel that thick patty is what you accidentally make at home because you don't smash it down, and so right. then you have this like giant piece of meat, and like you're trying to overcompensate with condiments and lettuces and whatever else, and then you just have this massive thing that is no good. It's Nobody a, likes the backyard burger. Well, it's a it's a low grade meat first of all, and so you don't need a half an inch thick of it, right? The flavor's fine. Uh, the animal protein, a little bit of fat is fine, but you just need a little bit of it to go with all the vegetables and the condiments and all that sort of stuff. So anyways, the heyday, I walk in there and I'm going to get it to go, but then I'm like, I still need to drink a martini. So order onion rings and a martini and sit there and wait for my burger to go. It was the ultimate combo, dude. Fried onion rings with a martini just to take the edge off of a long, exhausting day in the sun. It was like heaven. How how good did you feel in that moment? Did you think, I've arrived. This is it. Greatest. I mean, this is how you would want to live. Like every day if yeah. I retire, this is what I would do every afternoon at five o'clock. Which so. is funny, I suppose, with these certain come-ups that aren't golf in Palm Springs. Uh, you theoretically could. You could yeah. theoretically move to a place that's not golfing in Palm Springs. You could go there every day and not golf your brains out. And then go get a burger, onion rings, and a martini. Exactly. Or you could do it where the turf meets the surf here in Del- beautiful Del Mar. Uh, which, Same so, so here I am in Del Mar. I'm here for the boardroom show, which is kicking off tomorrow morning, Saturday and Sunday. It's a two-day event. Chas Smith is a mere few miles away. We considered recording in person for the first time in years, but I did not bring my setup that allows multiple microphones and an interface and all that. So here we are recording <laughs> remotely, miles away. For the first time in years, too, it would have you were legitimately on my way to where I'm going. I'm going to pass you after we hang up today on this podcast. And recording in person would have saved time. How much, how many times in your podcasting career has recording in person potentially saved time? Never once. We could have, we could have set a record today, but alas. We Technology. could have recorded at Red Tracton. I mean, we really should have. We should tomorrow, maybe, with our opera. So, are you going to come to the boardroom show? I sure am. And I would like to encourage uh, listeners. Is this going live tonight? Yeah. I would like to encourage listeners to go to the boardroom show. I've been, I think, twice now. Maybe just once, but possibly twice. And in terms of a... I don't want to call it a trade show. Is it branded as a trade show? The world's largest surfboard manufacturing trade show. Okay, so here we go, I suppose. This is the funny wrinkle. Surfboard manufacturing trade show. Where I'm walking around, doesn't feel like trade show. I'm walking around looking at awesome stuff, watching shapers in a giant plexiglass booth shaping furiously, like shape-offs. Like the entertainment value and nothing against Surf Expo, nothing against Magic. I was at Magic back in the day. Did you ever go to Magic? Never went, but I know what it was. Yeah, all of these like, I don't know, clothing retail, they all are feel stale. The Even if you have no interest in anything, you just, if you're a surfer, you like surfboards at some even basic level. And going and looking at different surfboards for 
couple hours is giant amount of fun, which it's the only uh, trade show I've ever been to that was on its face without any business, without needing to buy something, without any other reason than just being in a place with a bunch of kind of the next level surfboards and thinking, oh, this is a fun place to walk around. Well, do you remember what the uh, price was to get a booth at Magic? I mean, it was insane. We like I actually had a booth at Magic one time. I had a clothing brand once. It was just kidding. It was a failure of a clothing brand. But it was, yeah, like somebody gave us a booth. And so we went and did a booth at Magic. And we got gifted it. And we got gifted like a in the up-and-coming brands kind of suite. And I think it was like... I don't know, like five grand or 10 grand for like to be amongst the like 15 other people in this like zone of it. And thankfully we got a gift. But yeah, it's insane. The prices for that are insane. I I seem to remember it being around the $10,000 mark too, which I just thought was like strictly reserved for the big players, you know, but that's the difference with the boardroom show is it's in the hundreds of dollars, I believe, to get a booth. It's not expensive. Yeah. And so it, it feels like those shows are designed to earn a profit. You know, the big shows are designed to earn a profit, whereas the boardroom show feels just like a gathering and a get-together. And it's priced in such a way that anybody can participate, no matter what level of board builder you are. And then the consumer has access to everybody that they've heard about like Jerry Lopez is walking the floor. Tom Curran is rolling oh. around on, on roller skates, you know, like his band is actually playing tomorrow night. Tom Curran's band. Is Jerry, Lope, is Jerry Lopez's environmentally unsustainable band playing? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think he will be there displaying soft tops, but he's been there in the past, you know, and like Dick yeah. Brewer was there last year and, or maybe the year before, actually the year before. No, nope, um, I- Bi- I mean, I ran into Biolos last time I was there. Yeah, like, everybody's there. You I know? mean, yeah, like legit all. And in this day and age where the Shaper is now a star, mm-hmm. but it still hasn't super translated yet like into, oh, they need an entourage or they need protection or whatever. No, every one of these bros. Is Britt Merritt coming? I think so. I did not get confirmation, but Channel Islands is here and Devin Howard I saw, so... So then stinking Devin. I mean, but you can legit walk around and go not just see your favorite shaper. You can very easily go speak to your favorite shaper. And they want to talk to you, actually. That's no, why they're, they're here. All, like, I can't, like, they're all, no, they're all like fully, no, like nobody's mad dogging. Nobody's vibing. Nobody's doing anything except having an enjoyable time. What's the uh, cost for the person if they want to show up? 10 or 20 bucks a person i think it's 20 bucks at the door but if you bought it online maybe it was 10 or 15 and you but you can still just show up right yeah. like you can you can if somebody thinks oh wow they can head to the del mar fairgrounds tomorrow park your car walk up to the ticket booth and buy your 20 dollar ticket yep. and go have a at the very least two hours of good time for sure and surfboards are available for purchase too so like all the shapers basically build their fanciest versions of their boards and because this is the one time they get to display them all at once and they're uh not only for sale but i know a lot of people are doing discounts too so did uh scott bass start this yeah this is scott bass's thing good on scott bass i know sneaky scott bass he seems like he's just a 
slow moving curmudgeon <laughs> living his best life while not doing the least amount possible but while doing the least amount possible that bro has built the funnest trade show the only trade show that i would imagine because i would imagine like you see videos of those porn trade shows right the one in vegas i don't even know what it's called yeah porn copia <laughs> that looks like ever it looks sweaty and gross Comic-Con looks costume and costumed and gross. Everything looks like a every trade show, every trade show I've ever either attended or like paid enough attention to to flip through kind of the photo carousel. None of them look fun, and I will say for a fact, the board boardroom is a fun trade show. I I'm going to workshop this concept that you just there's something there with trade shows. You're right. The porn one, the Comic-Con one, it's a unique type of person that even wants to be in that environment. And so I feel like we could have a litany of barrel or Nas that are strictly related to conventions. I'll figure it out. I mean, a hundred percent, which, and again, how many conventions have you been to David Lee Scales? <laughs> I mean, other than the boardroom show two or three, when I was a kid, when there was like a car one that I think my dad wanted to go to or something. But so you never did, and I don't think they have those big retail ones. Because uh, Magic was the sub-tier one. What was the major one? Magic was I, like a spinoff of whatever the other know. one was. I can't remember. Yeah. Somebody will know. But uh, So I don't know if those... I'm sure they do. But those... I went to Magic at the Mandalay Bay uh, convention center zone, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's something so soul-sucking. And I would have... Probably the porn one is in Mandalay Bay, too. I imagine most of them are in Mandalay Bay. There's something so soul-sucking of walking in where you think it might be fun for a minute. You think there's... I mean, not that I've been to the porn one, but the retail one, you think there's, like, clothes and there's a lot of people and there's, I guess, drinks at some well, point. And you and it I was love, like, it's you, torture. You and I love surfing, and so that's why we enjoy going to this. But could you imagine if you work in... Um, you know, whatever the industry is, banking or something, and you have to go to the trade show for the weekend for the banking industry or the insurance industry or something like that, that has to be the worst weekend of the year. Except I wonder if your and listeners, I would love you to chime in. The bro in insurance listening to the show right now, is the insurance convention such like a weird convergence that it becomes just a wild good time of like insurance brokers just getting loose by the pool. Not that that would be a good time, but like <laughs> people really trade <laughs> trading secrets on how, how to scam insurance companies and stuff. I mean, is there, is there some value there? I feel there must be some value. I think if you work in that environment, maybe that's the one weekend of the year where you're just like, I get to stay in a hotel and drink excessively, maybe like it's a party environment because <laughs> your insurance life is not that maybe, but I mean, I'd rather do anything in the world other than go to an insurance convention. Me personally, you know, I wonder if there should be, is there a website? Like I feel there should be, I feel you and I, of all the many good ideas we've had on this program, uh, doing like an eater.com or a, how often do you go to eater.com speaking never, of? Never, but I've occasionally landed on it by Googling around. Eater is truly a, I find it to be a pretty good resource uh, in terms of, it's like they have stuff for everything, right? Like 
to the, I'm doing a story today, I needed to eat or, or Google, figure out what the best taco places were in Tijuana, specifically Tijuana tacos. And Eater has a rundown of, you know, who knows if they're actually the best, but I feel that somebody did some kind of research. It's not just AI generated. It's yeah. like people went to these places and blah, blah, blah. But I feel that you and I could do a convention.com and really go rate conventions. Like, hey man, if you're gonna go to a convention, here's Comic-Con porn, insurance, uh, Republican National. I went to the Republican National Convention. That was a convention. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Those yeah. things are as convention as convention, too. Those totally. things are no different than Magic or Boardroom Show. Yeah. Well, anybody anywhere near driving distance from Del Mar, come on down for t- tomorrow. Chaz will be there, apparently. Uh, is Cersei coming, too? You know, I'm going to doubt it. I feel okay. that... What time does the door do the doors open? 10. Uh, yeah, I feel what's going to happen is I'm going to drop the kid off at ballet, swing up, get off in Del Mar, like I should have done today, uh, cruise in, and mingle from 10, 15 on. Okay, cool. Well, Chaz will be there tomorrow. I'll be there, and all the aforementioned celebrity shapers and pro surfers and everybody. Um, a couple follow-up things now that we're 20 minutes into the show. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple follow-up things from last week's episode. Did you ever discover how many professional surfers there are in the world? No, it's funny. After the show, I really thought about it. I really thought hard about it. And I said, "That's was it 720,000? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's fake. Like, No way. I, and then yeah. I thought... I kicked myself afterwards thinking, I really for a minute thought, this guy did research. He's a good guy. He just wasn't just throwing that on. So why did I think that? That's an absurd number. So I started Googling as many different professions as I could that I could find actual numbers. <clears throat> and I think there was like uh, 1.3 million uh, professional soccer players on earth. Wow. Uh I mean, because you got to think, like, every small country, every whatever, like, and this is professional soccer player. It's not, like, you know, professional soccer stars. Uh, and so the more I researched, the more I thought, depending on how you define professional surfer, if you're talking about being sponsored by your local board shop, you know, you're getting, how do you define it? If you're getting a traction pad and a sticker, are you a professional surfer? You were getting kind for service and so on the surface you would be a professional server yeah even if you add it even if you made the broadest definition possible it's nowhere near 720 i'm gonna say 720 i'm gonna say 720 on the broadest definition on the person who got a sticker to surf a local surf competition i'm going 720 worldwide so your soccer number was 1.4? I feel it was 1.3 So less million than, soccer players. Less than double professional surfers. Almost double professional surfers. Soccer is not only two times more popular than surfing. Soccer is 100 times more popular than surfing. Have you seen, though, David Lee Scales, the heat draw of an NSSA? Or of a, like, 144 is standard. 144 surfers in an event. Uh, I've seen 244s. I've seen up to 300s on a heat draw. 
before for a surf contest. Uh, these are happening up and down the coast. I was just Australia, France, Brazil, da 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 da. And that's just the competitive ones, right? And then the kid who got a sticker and says, hey, man, I'm a pro. I got a, my surf shop gave me a sticker. Yeah. Again, maybe 500. I think even if you add up all the <laughs> 300s, it takes a long time to get towards a million. Um, but did, that, I think that was. Ever, did you That was James's point. Did you ever point. say that Go ahead. you were a professional surfer? Hell Have you no. ever once told somebody? You never did, even as a no. kid. No. No, not even you never close. We're hanging out with a group of friends and saying, you know, I serve professional. I mean, I kind of, you know, not, oh, I'm not going to. Uh, never? Not even a little bit. Never even crossed my mind. <laughs> but I think this was James's point in that email was there's too many of them. And I think all of this discussion, yes. whatever number we land on, just trying to define it, there's way too many of them. Um, it's still too many. Even, I mean, that was the beauty is I think I think we went down in last week's show from 720, where I think you halved it to three. And then I think you said there was like 15,000. Yes. I think you dropped it down pretty quick to, to from 720,000 to 15,000. I'm still or comfortable. some there. such. Yeah. Great. And... To the whole point of the thing, which we discussed, that is still uh, that is still uh, one thousand two hundred and fifty, one thousand four hundred too many professional surfers. Agreed. <laughs> so, I had a listener line. Like, I had a listener line call come in, and it was chopping. It was too choppy. Like he kept the call kept dropping out. So I can't play it for you. But the essential point of it was he was asking. How many surfers do you think actually watch the WSL? And yeah. the example or the counterpoint that he provided was how many people who play football recreationally watch the NFL? And you would argue 100%. 100% yes. And in fact, yeah. far more people watch NFL than actually play football. Whereas with surfers, it's fully reversed. Not only do non-surfers not watch it, but even core surfers don't watch it and don't watch it. that can only be a reflection of the product being so poor i mean it really is so uh the taylor swift thing in surfing which i think we or in football which i think we talked about last week as well yeah um watching that play through has been fascinating i think of the fact that her star is so big and her inertia and i don't mean inertia as in the inertia I mean, her weight, her mass is so great that it even overshadows the NFL. And so yeah. NFL got in trouble this week, or there was a lot of criticism about them leaning too hard into it, right? Of them yeah. being people, the NFL fan being sick of this. Uh, Roger Goodell, I think, commissioner, spoke to it directly in that said, look, 25 million people watch NFL per week. 100 million people watch the Super Bowl. That uh, gap of 75 million, when we have an opportunity to reach that gap again and maybe convert some of them into into the 25 million pool where that grows to 28, we're going to jump on that, right? I was thinking about that, that with surfing, where surfing has 20,000 core fans, 40,000. Yeah. Whatever. 
diminishing always no real way to get anyone on because nobody even cares and it gets worse and worse and smaller and smaller year over year right i mean i've got to think they can juice their numbers in terms of uh streaming is easier and so that's i think that is only their get right is that streaming is easier and so they can claim more numbers even though if you look at the actual core fan the core fan has not the core fan of surfing has not grown full stop and it has likely shrunk over the last 5 years yeah well by your definitions and your numbers there's more professional surfers than there are core fans i mean i would i would i would 100% back that i would say there is more i would bet that'd be the that would be the funny thing how many professional surfers or uh self-identified professional surfers watch pro surfing i know probably fewer like probably for sure yeah for sure fewer pro surfers watch pro surfing (laughs) that is so funny um well in wsl news uh we in between last week when we broke the news that the wsl's headquarters is either for lease slash sale we found out in this subsequent week where their new location is, their address big, and everything. A big move. Is that considered, I thought about it after posting their actual address in a digital rendition of their new digs. That's not considered doxing, is it? You can't dox a corporation. Nope. I think you probably could dox a corporation, but I think publishing their address is public information. They would, that's not, that doesn't qualify. Good. Great. <laughs> so the World Surf League is moving to 2-2 or something. Uh, they're moving to El Segundo, California. I can't remember the exact address. Moving to El Segundo, California to share space with the American Veterinary Association, Inc. And also, uh, from what I could find, a uh, trauma animal pet hospital. Yeah. So Those are two of the tenants. I'm sure there's more. So the question was... It's not as if they had a palatial location in Santa Monica, but Santa Monica is better real estate than El Segundo, and their location was a cool spot. Like it was a, it was, it was, it was a, a legit corner spot on Main Street in Santa Monica that was meant to make an impression. They did not get that spot. They could have gotten any place in Greater Coastal LA to have their offices. They did that on purpose. That was it, Dirk Ziff's. We're coming up. We're the World Surf League. So this is a downgrade officially. We can we can I mean, report it's, that it's a downgrade. We can report that this is like a straight capitulation to any idea they've had thus far, right? right. Between, I mean, so when you and I first toured uh, the World Surf League offices there in Santa Monica, uh, it was the, of course, we were talking with Eric Logan that time, who is not the CEO, but the president of the WSL Studios, which had just got launched. And so walking through... We saw the build-out for the WSL Studios. They had full green screen, like the, anybody who's ever been in a studio, you have that curved floor that you can da 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 It was, this was not a, they didn't launch WSL Studios as a pure chimera. This was a real thing that was supposed to exist. We saw physical them carrying it out. There was a like hangar-sized studio in those offices. Uh, and so when they shuttered that and then said, oh, you know, whatever, moving on, like that was lost. Not that they spent millions of dollars on that thing, but like that was not just a like, oh, you know, a lateral move. That was a major gaffe. There's yeah. been many of these. 
This move to El Segundo to share office space with veterinarians, nothing against veterinarians. I feel sorry for the veterinarians, in fact, that they are sharing space with the World Surf League. But I don't know how they, why they keep trying to sell this as if, would you want them, how much better would you feel if they said, yeah, this has been a bloodbath, man. We cannot get this thing to work and we want to because we want to bring good surfing to you. Help us help you. I mean, I Would think, you help them help you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it was in the form of we're going to set up a freemium model where you have to pay a subscription to get certain quality content, I'd be okay with that. Or paying pay-per-view to watch events, I'd be okay with any of those solutions if I felt like there was transparency on that stuff. I mean, I was just, if, if, even if they said, look at we're trying here, we're really trying, and you guys keep kicking us in the nuts, even though we're really trying, and... This is hurtful at this point. And so we don't want you to keep kicking us. We're fail- We're obviously failing. We're just going to be honest. We're moving in with veterinarians. We're literally sharing room with veterinarians, with animal hospital. It's clearly not working. But then yeah. continuing to say the momentum of professional surfing is real in light of this makes me want to kick them even harder. Well, you said maybe they didn't spend millions of dollars before shutting- shuttering it. They absolutely did. Um one number that I knew for a fact, straight kind of from, let's just say, uh, within the source, when they bought the drive through series that they were going to revamp, they shot a yeah. sizzle reel. They spent $100,000 shooting that. And then Benji Weatherly made that dick joke, and HR got pissed off, and they canceled the whole thing after spending the 100 k Just on one project. So... I mean, that's, that stuff ain't cheap, and especially not when you're doing it at that. I mean, you could do it in a stab way, and not that stab stuff is cheap, but you can do it in that way, kind of bootstrappy. Yeah. Uh, but when you're at WSL, that stuff, that none of that is bootstrappy. That is like basically Hollywood production cost, which your union rate, it, none of that is cheap. None of that is cheap no. at all. No. Well, um, moving on slightly from the WSL, we got an email from our old friend Link who said, hello, David and Chaz. Oh no, I bought Laird's creamer ironically when I saw it in the store and now I actually like it and I'm buying multiple purchases. I was about to propose uh, doing things ironically as a barrel or not because I bought it ironically, Uh, but the dangers of doing things ironically might be an important PSA discussion because now I'm hooked. Otherwise, might end up with pictures of Laird SUPing staring at them from a creamer carton while drinking their coffee. All the best, Link. I mean, Link, thank you. And 100%, and I feel I preached this before, most specifically with the ironic shaka, where you start throwing shakas ironically. Next thing you know, you're throwing one for legit rails to a bro or exactly. to someone. You're saying goodbye, throwing shakas. Doing, I'm always against doing anything ironic because it. it you will start doing it legit. Uh, as to you drinking Laird Creamer, I would recommend, of course, athleticgreens.com, I mean, ag1.com slash surf, except that's not a creamer. And ever since Laird softened the blow with like sliding into Beach Grits DMs with a real laugh about, this is the first time you guys have ever said anything nice about me. Ha ha ha, whatever. Like Laird being in on the joke, I'm rooting for Laird Creamer. I am for sure. Like, why not? If some dude's gonna make a 
buck off coffee creamer? Would you have it be Coffee Mate? Or would you have it be your pal, Laird Hamilton? Laird's doing Dare. fine. Laird's doing fine. I don't have to help him in any way. But he don't, he don't I agree with it, you. But I agree with I'm you. I'm going to give it to him. I agree with you in theory. If you're going to drink a creamer, yeah, don't go with a giant corporate one that's probably all no. high fructose corn syrup anyways. Drink Gerd. Gerd. The Gerd creamer. By the way, Link finished by saying, P.S. I also didn't realize that this could be one of the dangers of not drinking black coffee. Because, of course. I mean, that's 100% true also. I mean, yeah. the other PSA here is don't drink Gerd creamer. Don't drink creamer. Be a stinking man for pity's sake. And legit... If you're still on any kind of milk, creamer, almond milk, oat milk, soy milk, particularly anything in your coffee and you are a male and I hate to make a, I mean, we've, we saw the way this Mexi log fest got canceled for this, but if you're a dude and you're drinking milk ish in your coffee, stop. Something went wrong somewhere. Um, by the way, uh, how good was Laird's post doing acro yoga? The best. And I him, mean, that's the him thing. being the sub, too. Him being, him being the sub, him like getting up afterwards, his face, like it, he honestly looked like whoever the actor was. It wasn't Leslie Nielsen, but I picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue, actor in airplane. <laughs> Like hair sticking up, like face, like that is exactly how Laird looked there. And so he knew this wasn't like somebody posted this of Laird. Like somebody went to do acro yoga with Laird and then posted it. And Laird was like, oh man, you're over here and well, I'm not right. going to stop you posting. Laird posted this on Laird self. And by Laird, I mean his wife who manages his account as if he were a beautiful 10 year old, which makes it even better. But so... So Gerd. just for the record, for listeners, that's not just uh, Chaz assuming. If you go to Laird's account, it says in the bio Managed line, by. Managed by Gabby Reese. Yeah. Uh, or so. account account run by, again, Gabby Reese. Not like she's his manager. Yeah. But. No, but the whole thing, again, I don't know what it is. I don't know if fall and pumpkin spice are in the air, but I'm really falling for Laird these days. That yeah, was another are. one of like, to be, to be that... Like non-caring about your image where I legit don't care. I'm going to be in child's pose being like spun. balanced, a, a spun on a man's, on another man's feet. Get off looking like I just sniffed glue. And then I'm going to post that. I'm going to have my wife post that on my Instagram account that she runs. Well, I got to be honest, the acro yoga thing when I, I mean, I've seen it in the last 10 years, usually a strong dude and a female is the one doing the flying, you know, but the guy's on his back doing the spinning or the holding and all that. I've been very impressed by it. I'm like, this is incredibly, I mean, it looks like Cirque du Soleil basically, right? These two people are not only super duper fit and strong, but, uh, the balance and all of that is very impressive. But when it's two silverback gorillas, it just looks a bit more clunky to me and really homoerotic as well, which, you know, I'm not offended by or anything like that. It just doesn't quite have the grace of the traditional version of it. That's what made Laird's post, Gerd's post, I guess, so beautiful, though, is just like, oh, yeah, let's throw this up. 
That's, that's I mean, it, it was right funny. I, I had a laugh <laughs> when I saw it, and then I was glad to see it on Beach Grit, too. I wonder uh, if Sterling has, has Sterling Spencer done a spoof on it? No, he needs to. But I don't think he can. This is the, this is, who was it that said uh, Trump wrecked comedy? It was Conan O'Brien, I do believe, that said the, of all the things Donald Trump has done in his, whatever, if you're offended by Trump, the worst thing he did was wreck comedy. Because you can't laugh at Trump anymore that Trump is like making the joke himself, kind of. Where I feel, I feel Laird has outdone Sterling. How, what can Sterling do to be more amusing than Laird doing acro yoga with another real handsome man? Totally. You're right. Like you can't, like if Sterling went out and did it, acro yoga, then it'd be like, ah, like I was flipping through today, scrolling through the news and seeing like Seth Meyers and whatever and Jimmy Kimmel and all these guys, like, you know what they do? Like following what the late night talk show hosts do, uh, and then reporting on it as news, but it's perpetual. Like they're still beating up on Trump, and thinking this joke is truly ancient now. Like all this is the tiniest. I think it's all on HuffPost too. And so you have the HuffPost reporting on late night comedians who are still making Trump as an idiot jokes for their liberal audience. Where just this. And not that I'm a fan of Trump or any of it, but that echo chamber is like, get out of that. Just stop it. Stop yeah. making fun of Trump. Just leave it alone. It's funny that in this analogy, Laird is to the surfing world what Trump is to politics. But he is. I mean, and I feel that analogy sticks, right? Like, I feel Laird's arc, Laird, and I feel this myself. I loathed Laird to be quite honest and for a very good reason for a very long time and that very good reason was subs in the lineup like Laird let us not any of us forget that the sup would not exist in its modern form if it was not for Laird Hamilton and that pestilence came in and I don't see it as much anymore in the lineup I'll see a dude supping by on the horizon rarely do I see a sup dude dropping in these days and if i do see a subdude dropping in more generally than not in my neck of the woods uh or where i surf i suppose the dude either rips good enough and is super like way takes his turn on the waves where i'm not even that mad at him and so yeah. maybe my ire at laird has dipped with my okay subs didn't actually wreck everything and they may yeah. have somewhere I'm, I'm sure at malibu if you paddle out there that's a thing. I think it, I think you're surfing beach breaks that are close to shore largely. And so in yeah. different locations, there's probably more, but you're right. Back in the day, there was SUPs in those lineups too. There, I mean, and like everyone was on one because of Laird and everyone was dropping in and it was just pandemonium. And I thought this is forever, right? It's every yeah. dude who can't paddle is going to figure out how to stand and do this. And it feels like the diminishing return on the SUP for actual surfing was severe it feels like they're probably doing fine in lakes and rivers and wherever else but i feel they're not or at least i don't see them more prevalent in the ocean um moving on did you watch any of the quicksilver fest in hossiger i sure did it seemed absolutely epic i know and this is coming off the heels of your article that said quote quicksilver prepares for wild sales spike after photograph of its new bogan cool leadership team leaks to the press exclamation point 
which was a Did joke. You see of, that photo, though. I mean, it was a joke about yeah, their new management team, who looks like they are accountants at the or the insurance salesman at the aforementioned convention center that we were talking about. Um, but to be honest, whatever they're doing, Quicksilver has been doing since this recent acquisition takeover, all that. I feel like it's back to the roots. I don't know. I I have a little bit of. Uh backroom insight into this and i think tbd what's can you share the the insights at all or point to it at least i mean it's just it's this is like the really the third time i think quicksilver has gone undergone a major corporate restructure slash sale slash purchase whatever in the last i don't know five years and i think there is a model and i think they do know <clears throat> to do some of it, I, I think they're trying. I think this current uh, iteration is trying to figure out how much to spend and how much you know not to spend, basically. And I think so. It'll be TBD on in terms of you know. I think you'll have again. We talked about too many professional surface already. So I think much of the team will get cut moving forward. And I don't know this from any specific information, but just the feeling I'm getting is that uh, a lot of the team's going to get cut. Uh, they'll and if they, but if they keep doing events like that, I mean, you definitely what that Hossiger thing wouldn't have cost anything compared to you know I mean pennies in the dollar compared to what they have, and the the amount of goodwill I feel generated from that keeps the brand kind of alive in the eyes of some people. Yeah, I think it's pennies on the dollar compared to sponsoring a WSL event. Let's say. And I feel yeah, like just, and I how, feel like the how many net, days is that running? Was, uh, it, four. was it three days? Four. Four days. Yeah, and but I feel like the return on this investment is greater than they would get out of a WSL event. Um, just anecdotally, I don't have any information, obviously, to support it, but to give Jeremy Flores the reins too, and be like, hey, what would you do with an event? And he invites everybody from father and son teams. Dane Reynolds. And, and yeah, and father and daughter teams with Josh Kerr and Sierra Kerr to Dane Reynolds to Clay Marzo to CJ Hobgood, former world champs, Adriana DeSouza. Like it was a sick roster of athletes. It's kind of what we talk about oftentimes here, which is like y- you want to just see the best surfers in the world competing, right? But Dane Reynolds doesn't necessarily want to compete under a certain structure and bu- bureaucracy, essentially. And so leaving it in Jeremy's hands. So much so that it almost doesn't even matter who wins. Like, we're going to have judges. We're going to no. pick a winner. But because it is this festival vibe, all that matters is the waves are firing. And we kind of want to just waves, see I mean, see who gets the best wave. Which primarily, that went unsaid, the waves were pumping. It was like all-time Hossiger for this thing, which wasn't an accident. Jeremy Flores knows. He's there. He is from there. You know... Handing the reins over to somebody like that who knows the thing, and not that I'm sure the obviously they didn't have a like shifting license, so they got somewhat lucky on that. But I don't think they necessarily did. I think they knew exactly when it was going to be, or the right window to pick when it's going to be pumping. And I mean, I've been talking about this for a long time, like QS and all this. Screw it. We don't want to see pro surfers coming up through the rankings to be boring, like. They kind of go be a good pro surfer and then get invited to a contest. And it doesn't matter if you are 57 like CJ Hobgood 
Or you are... He's not 57. What a Siege. Siege is probably 49. Yeah, mid... Siege yeah, right around there. I'd say so. Uh, but Dane... Like, age in surfing isn't that important. Like, you want to see Tom Curran still out there, right? You want yeah. to see... Like, you just want to see the people you want to see. And this is where I think that the... Okay, we're going to be real serious about this, and we're going to have a feeder system into a feeder system into a feeder system that gets you eventually to be on the championship tour because you've got enough points and surfing shitty waves and da 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 da. I'm thinking, no, go out and make a name for yourself as a surfer, however you want to do that. Be it Instagram. I mean, I would have been mad to see Ben Gravy at that uh, Quicksilver event. I would love to see Ben Gravy get smoked, but I would still wouldn't be mad to see Ben Gravy out there, right? Yeah, it'd be interesting to actually see him there. there. It'd be interesting to see him there with those other competing against those people. And you would not be mad at all about it. No. And like, I feel you don't need a feeder system anymore. What we have the feeder system is called social media and YouTube. And so people who are good at surfing now, oh, then they're, we can see that they are good at surfing. They don't need to, they don't need the WSL ecosystem to prove themselves good at surfing. And so then what we need is somebody like a Jeremy Flores to be able to curate the ones who are good at surfing this thing, right? Or make interesting combinations that would be like, cause it's always fun to see some person who's a personality. Like again, if you stuck, I would love to see Ben Gravy out at pumping pipeline and Ben Gravy could full on, I have no doubt that he could full on surprise us that Ben Gravy could, has enough grit and determination that he would go send it at pipe and accidentally maybe get spit out of a tube. And then we'd be like, okay, I'm a Ben Gravy fan now too, right? Yeah. But we don't need WQS. We don't need any of that. Agreed. Uh, You can meet Ben Gravy tomorrow doing an autograph signing at the boardroom show, actually. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to tell him? What are you going to tell him, Ben? I'm a secret apparent fan. Look forward to that. I want to see you go to pipe. Um, (laughs) Are you going to go see Ben Grayoff? No, I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to go see him. I'm sure I will just see him organically tomorrow somewhere within the environs. Um, Well, I don't know what insights you have towards Quicksilver, but I did like this. I liked them giving Jeremy Flores the reins. The event turned out phenomenal. I loved the videos that they were putting out every day called Baguette TV on YouTube that Stace yeah, Galbraith posted. It was very, very good. It I, was irreverent and fun and fast-paced. It was perfect. I think this thing had already got greenlit by the old guard, and the new guard did not decide to pull the plug. Well, part so okay, that, so that I was plug. unaware of, but the other old guard decisions that looked good to me were the recent film repeater that came out was hardcore and had phenomenal surfing with the right team. Griffin Colapinto getting swapped over onto that Quicksilver side of the ledger from Billabong was a good get for Quicksilver. So I saw things or I've seen things in the last year that I think are good moves, but we'll see if that uh, continues with this new leadership. I mean, if, if they, like if it all goes right for them and they make a bunch of money off beard oil and fingernail clippers and they pump some of that profit back into making content that actual core surfers want to watch. Cause I feel Hurley's done that to an extent. Hurley hasn't made good, good content, but they still sponsor Carissa Moore and like him or love him, Philippe Toledo and all this, right? Like of, uh, 
yeah, like they're still investing back into the space, weirdly, even yeah. though they legit, their business is pool toys and fingernail clippers. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, well, we've got a uh, listener line call coming in for Kook and Curran, believe it or not. I bringing back. for a couple weeks. It's been a while. Bringing back Kook and Curran. Here we go. David Lee, Chad, Animal Chin calling in with a Kook and Curran brief booties. Just saw a picture of Wade Goodall ripping a big bottom turn on a black beauty. In one, I remember seeing crows in the 90s in Indo wearing reef booties. I've heard of Christian Fletcher wearing Converse's to surf in Indo. And then also uh, everybody at Doheny um, and Sano essentially uh, going nose over toes. What are your thoughts, boys? Keep work. Later. So obviously... A high top booty is not a reef booty. The reef booty specifically is the low top booty. So an aqua uh, sock. Let's let's just aqua, call it an aqua sock. Aqua sock. The the high top booty is for warmth. The reef booty is to protect your precious footsies. So kook and curran. Does this qualify? I mean, a hundred percent. Because I feel that the middle range to lower middle range surfer surfs like reefy passes infrequent enough that they don't even know what to do like have you you've surfed uluwatu yeah no i've never been to bali oh so me as a lower intermediate surfed uluwatu was out there you know whatever surfing poorly uh came time to paddle in and by that time the tide was too low and so you have to walk across the reef at some point and i was like supposed to do this like i was like ouchie ouchie uh so i think the lower inter the intermediate surfers surfs firing reef passes like infrequently enough that because i and then i you know got to sand think oh glad that was over but i didn't think huh there must be a way to counter that so that next time i do this i won't have the same problem where yeah it's kook current because the kook does it because the kook just saw it and thought, oh, of course, you protect your feet when you go surfing at Santa. I, I've never seen an intermediate surfer wear reef booties full stop. And I, yeah. have, I have seen, like he pointed out, Animal Chin pointed out, I see kooks showing up to the beach wearing them unnecessarily often. Like, I don't think on I've sand, even seen... On beach break, down the yeah. sand. Yeah, like in Hawaii, in you see dads yeah. from the Midwest walking with a soft top or a boogie board even wearing those booties when there's zero need to wear them right there's no, there's no reef that he's ever going to touch and, or you see tom carroll with him sitting in a tube in g-land with the booties tucked into his waistband because he's going to need them to get out of the water like you're talking about yes did exactly. i say did i say carol or current you said carol did you mean yeah. carol yeah, I meant Carol. Yeah. Okay, good. That's what you said. That's what, I mean, I was didn't correct you because I knew you meant Carol. Perfect. Um, I just had, sometimes I have that in my head where I like, I say it and then afterwards I'm like, I heard it come out of my mouth the wrong way, but that time it was correct. I think I, think I blew it last week. With what? With Carol Curran. Yeah, I think you did. I said, oh, it was your snap. The, the I was calling it the, the Curran snap. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bad, a bad gaffe. But... We, I mean, I feel there's enough Carol Curran mistakes where it could almost be its own segment of 
the a, a Carol Caron mistake. Well, I just remember one time I wrote TC like on Instagram in a comment, like it was a Tom Curran something or another, and I just abbreviated it TC. And then multiple people commented out and they're like, Tom, that's not Tom Carroll, that's Tom Curran. And so I guess it, and I think they're right. Like TC it's does true. mean. Tom, 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 Tom Curran never branded TC. T, Tom Carroll's biography by his brother, Nick Carroll, is in fact TC. Exactly. Yeah. So they were right, but I'm like, damn. It's Take it close. easy on me, man. There's, there's I'm not real, wrong, you know? <laughs> his name is Tom Curran, TC. Um, uh, so we are officially adding that to the canon of Kook and Curran reef booties. And let let it be known, if you think that you are an intermediate surfer and you wear reef booties, take no a hard way. look in the mirror because it turns out you're a kook. Here's the thing. I've got the perfect one, the line where this breaks, where we could figure it out. We've got Kevin Miller on one hand. We have uh, John Brooks on the other hand. John Brooks is a Curran. Uh, Kevin Miller is not a Curran. <laughs> they go on reefy pass adventures together, right? They just got back from the Maldives. Exactly. And so I'm just curious and would love a call in here. Kevin Miller, do you wear reef booties? Great question. He posted a couple of vi- uh, photos of himself and I did not check, but I should. I mean, that's the, the, all I all I want to know. Okay. I'll, we'll find out. Kevin, call in. Defend yourself. Yeah, Kevin. Um, yep. Let's go to True Grit or Clickbait Stuff. Quote, America, I'm sorry. Quote, California surfers breathe sigh of relief as state installs odor sensors near beachfront borders with Mexico. It is true, David Lee Scales. They, at Imperial Beach. How many times have you surfed in Imperial Beach? Dude, I drive right through Imperial Beach as fast as my car can possibly go. I don't stop. I've surfed in Imperial Beach before. Imperial Beach is an odd, such an odd, odd, odd place. It is odd in a way that I think if I spent more time there, you could find real appreciation in, in its pure oddity. Imperial Beach, for those who don't know, is not just like, I mean, it's suburban San Diego, but it's not like miles away. It's San Diego, basically, but it bumps up against TJ, Tijuana, right across the border. Imperial Beach is a weirdo town, a extremely weirdo town, but there's waves there, but there's also smells wafting over the border. And when I wrote this story, I was assuming those smells were the distracting smells of carne asada or al pastor or any manner of delicious food that isn't TJ, that is not an Imperial Beach. And they wanted to check and make sure, okay, well, you know, we got to lower temptation. The, to, you're out surfing, you smell carne asada, you're going to paddle in and eat, to be quite frank. Uh, but yeah, so they did sensors. But no, I think it's to smell sewage. But So what are the odor sensors? They're to identify the a so, toxic smell? That's there's there to identify the sewer the sulfur dioxide whatever smell of sewage. Uh, the point of them I have no idea. Everybody knows the TJ River is right there, especially when it rains, is dumping raw sewage into that stretch of beach. Anybody who doesn't know that is 
insane. Uh, so they're doing the sewer sensors, though, to somehow prove to someone that this is what's happening. But I don't know what they're supposed to do with the proof. Then you prove and you say, see, we told you that smell in the air is sewage. And then so what is Imperial Beach says? OK, we guessed that. Tijuana, take care of your sewage river. Like, that's yeah. so dumb. Well, yeah, but it's for, true. Grit, for, but it's I don't know what to what to what end. Yeah, I mean, for anybody who hasn't seen photos or driven through it, TJ, I mean, it's literally a thin wall that divides TJ from San Diego, and it is uh, third world. I mean, there's no, you know, there's probably no sewage system. There's tons of trash everywhere. All of that trash is, you know, not confined to people's homes. It's like in the streets. It's on the highways, it's on the beach, it's well into the water. It is absolute disease-ridden filth. Except when was the last time you did an Epicurean trip down to TJ? It's been a little while, but I have done it, and it's incredible. TJ is like the, and more so now than ever before, TJ is the center of like fine dining of like the next um up-and-coming chef is in TJ. Which yeah. is epic. Yes, but you're talking about the city of, but that section of TJ that bumps up right against the border wall is horrendous. Yeah, it's really ugly. It's really, there's a bull ring right there. That's pretty cool. That's right. There is. Um, all yeah. right, well, <laughs> interesting. I honestly, I mean, you and I should have a talk about TJ. I spent my family at a house in uh, like Rosarito for the first 25 years of my life. And so I spent once a month, at least once a month, every weekend, we would go on vacation for the weekend down there. Uh, It's a, you know, two hour drive from where we live to the border and then 45 minute drive past the border. So within three hours, we could leave on a Friday night after school and work, spend the night Friday, drive home Sunday night. And it was a phenomenal getaway for that 25 years of my life. Then the cartel got crazy and it was always a little sketchy in terms of you might get um, stopped by the federales and get shaken down for 20 federales. bucks or something like that. But it wasn't, you know, at a certain point, it was people, American tourists, having their heads decapitated and their bodies put in a vat of acid, you know, and not because they were doing something wrong. It was because they were sending the cartel was sending a message to to the political whoever, you know. So we ultimately, I just kind of stopped going. And I think I took like 10 years off. And then in the last 10 years, I've gone a handful of times. But it still doesn't feel quite as safe as it once did. I'm frustrated every day. I just need to get the, uh, I got the uh, medical pass pass across the border. No, the medical one. There's a medical one where TJ has a bunch of like, if you get your teeth cleaned, I think, in TJ. I think I got her teeth cleaned down there. And so... Went and got the uh, medical pass across the border. The getting back across the border is the hard part. But if I had sentry or anything, I think, like I kick myself. I stare at TJ all the time. Like I see it all the time, and I'm like, how am I not down here all the time? I love Tijuana. I'm a massive, massive Tijuana fan. Yeah, me too. And not just TJ, but down to that Guadalupe Valley, the wine producing region, also has unbelievable restaurants. All of Northern Baja. Yeah. Which is like for and for the person who wants to go on a trip but doesn't want to deal with 
you know, what a cost of flying these days or even the hassle of airport. Like if you got a century pass or a way to get back across the border, you were in Mexico. I mean, I could be in Mexico in 40 minutes uh, in TJ and just in Mexico. I love Mexico. And I, I kick myself regularly. Why am I not doing this all the time? Why am I not basically living here and commuting up? Every time I go, I feel that way. I'm like, man, I should be doing this at least once a month and targeting swells because there's great waves. There's phenomenal beach breaks. There's point breaks. There's lowers type waves. Yeah. Uh, it's it's epic. How much, ooh, if the World Surf League moved finals day to Tijuana and hold it in Rosarito, hold it wherever, but just call it the TJ finals day, I would 180 be a fan of the World Surf League. Man, I can't think of any. It's that kind of bold thinking they need. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, hey, let's go to commercial break and come back with Barrel or Nah. Chaz, let's actually give some love to drinkag1.com slash surf in our commercial break this time rather than just referencing them in the middle of the show. Are you still on the program, David Lee Scales? Don't miss a day. Seven days a week. Of all the things, I mean, how long have we been doing this? Two years. Really? Not more? I'd have to check. I feel like it's been two years. Maybe it's been more. In any case, two years is still a long time. I've gone in and out of all kinds of stuff over that period of time. AG1.com slash surf is legit the most consistent. It's every morning. It's the first thing I do. I wake up. I say a prayer. And then I mix up my ag1.com slash surf. I drink it down. I make a cup of coffee. And then I go on with my day. Do, do, do. That happens every single day. That's the only thing that happens every single day. I All other health, wellness related things feel like work to me. And I don't have as much discipline as I would like to have. AG1 is so simple that it's like I don't even need to think about it. It's just, it's easy. It's an easy fix. And and taking it for granted too, not in, uh, exactly that, and not taking it for granted. Like eating junk during the day. Some days, some days are easier than others to like eat nutritious foods and whatnot. Some days, like yesterday, I was just on the road all day. I think I ate literally the only thing I ate during the day was a mini strawberry apple or strawberry rhubarb pie, a mini one all day. <laughs> it was a but I had ag1.com/surf in the morning. And didn't worry about it. It wasn't like, oh, it's just a day where I had less food. But I got, I got all my nutrition in at the, at, the, yeah. at the get. Yeah. Listeners, I know you've heard about it before. You probably see it. I get ads on YouTube for it. I see it kind of everywhere now. But use our portal, which is drinkag1.com slash surf, because not only does that support us, but you get whole body vitality in one scoop of powder. You mix it with eight ounces of water. It's delivered to your door once a month. It's so, so simple. So do all the research there, but drinkag1.com slash surf. And I'm still defying someone to do it and come on and say, nope, it didn't work for me. Like not a, Nobody has. Nobody's taking you up on it. Because it, it's impossible. It is perfect. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. 
your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Chaz, we are back for Barrel or Not, presented by Buell, BuellSurf.com. We love them. So much. Getting cold out there, David Lee Scales. It's 3-2 season already. I mean, 3-2 season already. Even though it's 90 degrees outside, the water is chilly. Exactly. So get your Buell at BuellSurf.com. Listener email came through and said, Women not confined to sits pinkler status. And the email says, for all the women envious of the lauded status of stand-up peeing, go to Amazon.com, spend $13. There is a product on there that allows you to stand while you pee. And notice it comes with directions so you don't pee backwards. Work. So this is a funnel-shaped device that allows a woman to stand up while peeing. Um, have you seen this before? I have not. I've purchased one in the past, a couple years ago. <laughs> and they actually make disposable versions of this for concert goers. Because, you know, you go into a porta potty at a concert, the last thing you want to do is sit on that thing. But so they make cool. these little, yeah, they make these little funnels. And the d- disposable ones, which I had not seen before, are made out of like a cardboard, essentially, maybe like a little plastic lamination on the cardboard. And you could just throw it straight down into the, uh, I don't know if you could throw it into there, into the porta potty, but you could throw it away somewhere. But they also make silicone versions of it, which is what I've purchased in the past, which is 13 bucks. And uh, yeah, you just, it's a little cup, you hold it up and it funnels down, shoots out a little straw, boom. The problem, I suppose, with the silicone version is what do you do then after you exit the portageon with the thing that's covered in urine? 
you could bring a sanitizer, like a hand sanitizer with you or a little squirt bottle of water. And then it has a pouch that you put it in and maybe you clean it at home later more thoroughly. And so this, when there's two or more steps to follow, it automatically goes into the no barrel category for me. If something Mm. is so like perfect, I see it like the disposable one. Maybe I could maybe get behind that. But at that point, just sit on the dirty porta potty thing. You're at least not like, yeah, there's a problem, but there's whatever. You sort that out. You've been sorting that out for years. Uh, sorting out how to deal with this silicone thing you just peed in now have to carry around seems like an unnecessary bit of baggage. If you're, because the only time, if you're out in the woods or whatever, it's women have no problem like ditching behind a rock and taking care of business. They don't need to stand. You can sit pinkle all day long. You don't need to sit your bottom on something to pinkle. Right, so you're so you're going no sits or no barrel for women standing while peeing. Yes, I'm going no barrel. I'm saying okay. it is it is there is too many steps. There's a the step of buying something. There's b the step of cleaning something. And even if that, there's not the step of cleaning something, there's the step of like throwing it away. Where if you're having to go to that many steps, that is too many steps to uh, wash over. The, sure, it's uncleanly, but you're already doing something uncleanly. If you're like peeing in something, you're gonna stuff in your bag. So that balances out. Now you're just wasting time and money. No barrel. Well, I will say I did purchase this product years ago, as I mentioned, and I don't think it's been used once. Did you uh, did you buy it with intent to use? Yeah, I think we were going. Um, actually, specifically, I remember now. No, we were going to Zion and uh, we weren't going to be camping like we had an Airbnb, but I just thought we're going to be hiking the narrows. There's going to be situations where we won't have access to a bathroom. So I'll grab this thing that I know about that I've seen on Amazon for Lauren and then she can use it if needed. And I don't think that she ever even packed it for the trip. I think she had a laugh about it and was like, there's no chance. Yeah, because I think as much as a man is comfortable going behind a tree and stand pinkling, uh, a woman is just as comfortable finding a rock and squat pinkling. Yeah. Interesting. I thought that this might be a revolutionary product that would shift all of kind of gender uh, equality and optics and all that sort of stuff. But it really, you can't shift, can't shift what's been set in stone. You know where you should send this if it's still unused, even if it's used once or twice. You could send it to Surf Equity surfequity.com i think would have great love and use for the stand pinkler for women i mean and for non-binary yeah exactly for everybody in fact i might be able to use this product and have better aim so that i can land it in the toilet rather than uh all right well anyways number two hey guys Writing from Ocean Beach, San Francisco. It's that time of year when the days get shorter, but the surf is pumping. So a super simple barrel or gnaw for you. Surfing past sunset until it's completely uh, pitch black. Keep up the work, Neil J. Full barrel. If you're out there gradually, especially if your eyes are, if you're eating your carrots and keeping your eyes up to snuff, you can, if you're out there, if you just go paddle out in the dark, you're never going to adjust, right? It's hard yards. But if you're out there with enough sun and it slowly goes and it slowly goes, I feel you can keep it going till pretty good black and still see something. 
just with acclimating yourself, like the frog in boiling water. I'm going full barrel. I'm going hell no barrel, especially Ocean Beach. Because it's sharks. Great White Alley. It is true, but is it fact that Great Whites hunt at night, not in the day? I mean, dude, I see. don't care when they normally hunt. One might be doing his schedule a little bit different today, and I don't want to be the one that he finds. That's true. Oh, man, yeah. Did you read the identity of the uh, swimmer out Point Reyes was released today? You see no, that? I didn't. I got, no. you, you read that story, yeah? No. Swimmer, it was the first uh, not just shark bite, but full shark consumption uh that has happened i think in 50 years if i yeah like nobody right got was out swimming pulled under eaten uh yeah he was like a world-class uh kiteboarder from africa gambia i think was gonna be there yeah i don't know 52 year old dude but gone swimming eaten so how do they know that did somebody witness it i think he was with buddies uh, okay. And they identified that that had happened. Like got pulled under and horrendous. Not well, cool. It was one in the day, I think. It wasn't a night. Oh my gosh, crazy. Yeah. Well, for Neil J in Ocean Beach, um, I've been in that exact situation. Obviously, you're surfing at sunset and the sun's going down, and you're waiting to get a wave in, essentially, and that wave doesn't come. Or you get a crappy one and you want to go back and you're like, should I go in or should I get the next one and wait for a better one? And the sun slowly, it's getting darker. And then the sun goes down and you're like, okay, I have 15 minutes. Now that the sun is down, I have 15 minutes of light and you're hoping. So I've been in the situation where I'm actually out there past dark, but it is spooky. And if you have to duck dive, it gets extra spooky. I'm going no barrel on this. Hardcore people do it. I've been in the situation too where I'm driving to the beach, trying to get a session in before the sun goes down. And I hit traffic or whatever. I arrive later than anticipated. The sun is actually down. And I'm like, do I go through the effort of putting my wetsuit on and running down with only five minutes to try to get a wave in? And so I could see myself being in, you know, past sunset in those scenarios. But in general, it's a no barrel, dude. That's a lot harder. I'm just saying if you're in the water, if you're going out and the sun is set, you're not going to acclimate properly. You're going to be out there. It's a good adventure. It's like have at it, but you're not going to have a good surf. But if you're having a good surf and the sun sets and you're in the flow, and you're in the rhythm, and you know what you're doing, stay out until you're like, can't see or and or get eaten by a shark. I've tried, when I was a kid or a teenager with my surfing buddies, just kind of discovering it, we thought surfing at night would be the coolest thing possible. And it's so... We, secret. We did wait a couple of times until it was like a full moon, and then go surf Huntington Pier, because they have lights, so obviously. It's freaking it impossible, so dude. It's hard. Yeah, that like with lights way, with a full moon, it's still impossible. The way the light reflects, how you're, yeah, the times I've been surfing at night, you're so accustomed to what you're accustomed to in terms of how light bounces off wave. When there's that, like millisecond or second or whatever it is difference on how light is traveling, is yeah, I was never able to do it either. Like I've done it a bunch night surfing. I think I've only ever caught an accidental fun wave where I was like, ooh, what's happening? Well, the thing is, it's uh, it's only light, obviously, right next to the pier. So the way the waves are approaching, you see something dark coming, but you don't know if it's going to break 20 feet out from you or 15 feet out from you. Whereas when it's daytime, you can make those adjustments and paddle out to it or battle back in or whatever it is. And so you're just really 
it's a it's a game of chance and luck. And then once it does break, or if you do happen to get on it, there's no chance that you're timing your turn perfectly. Because yeah. again, all those shadows and the things that you normally rely on with the lighting are all gone. It's like, maybe you take off in the right spot and you get to your feet, but then it's just point for you're, the shoulder and cruise because you're not going to be cruising. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Unless you're Devin Howard. So, I bet Devin Howard would do a mean night surf. He's waiting right now for the sun to go down so that just yeah. so he could paddle out. All right, final barrel or not comes from a listener line. Just came in today, actually. Hey, fellas, this is for the Grit listener line, Darren in Rhode Island. So a few examples of friends riding the wrong board. Um, I have a friend who rides a soft top, too quirky. He can't get down the face. On beach break waves, he's always getting worked and hurt. Another friend riding too thinned out of board, too high performance, constantly missing waves, just ruining sessions, just not having fun. And lastly, I was visiting a friend, and I borrowed a board. I was in San Diego, and the guy's well off, and his board was all beat to shit, and he had plastic fins that totally bent when you turned, and the board rolled uh, rode terribly. So, barrel or nah, having surfboard interventions with friends. What do you think? Keep up the work. Better guys. You lead us off. So, barrel. Are you kidding? Those friends are begging for your help. They think they know what they're doing best, right? I'm sure soft top bro, I'm sure plastic fin bro, I'm sure all of them have two reasons why they're doing it, right? It's like, oh, I wanted to catch more waves or uh, I didn't want to ding it, right? Or like, I didn't want to cut my femoral artery. Whatever their reasons are, you can puncture those really quickly. And maybe you don't know the right answer. Don't send them to Matt Biolas. He doesn't know either. Have you ever tried to ask Matt Biolas, hey Matt, what board should I ride? No. I've asked Matt that so many times. Matt, you know me. Look at me. You see my body standing before you. I can tell you, you full well know how I surf. I don't have to tell you, but I will tell you, I am a lower intermediate, uh, scratching into lower upper intermediate on my best day. You know middle, what that means, middle, Matt. Don't pretend, you've, don't pretend you've never seen multiple people surfing. Now tell me what I should be on. I don't fucking know. I'm not you. I don't fucking know. Matt, we have to start again here. Okay. You see me. I'm a tall, lanky guy. Like, why do you pretend that there is like infinite amounts of people on earth and infinite ways they're riding waves? No, there's not. There is tall, skinny people. There is short, fat people. There is medium built people. Da, 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 da. And now, if you know they're lower intermediate, then just say drive surf this. It's a mid volume, blah, blah, blah. All to say, that's what I wanted from Matt. That's what Matt has never given me. Uh, that's what your friend wants from you. Your friend doesn't want to suck. Your friend wants to be okay. Your friend just doesn't know and wants you to say, hey, man. Uh, and you don't have to say you're riding the wrong board. You could say, why are you riding that board? And then friend will say, I want to catch a lot of waves on my soft top. And you say, okay, well, there's a way to catch a lot of waves that's not that because you're not looking like you're doing very well. Am I wrong? And then well, your friend is happy. You are a much nicer friend than I because the only way that I see this is if I give you good advice, you're going to take waves from me. I have no problem being out in the lineup with a friend who's not getting waves. That's I'm going to sit next to him, in fact, just to use him as a blockade so that nobody bothers us, and then I just go on everything. 
The problem is, is your mentality is 90s potato chip mentality. When people were on Kelly Slater boards who couldn't catch waves. Now everybody more or less who's on a bad board is on too much volume, is on, they're catching way too many waves and getting way more in your way. If you're gonna do a solid for somebody, for yourself, send them on to high performance stuff, right? But like say, man, you surf really good. Uh, you've, you're kind of ripping that soft top. Have you ever thought about getting a CI Pro? I think you could get it like, get your dims, like take the dims and you look fit. Like really pare those dims down. You wanna be sitting in the water on your board where the water is up to your neck is where collarbone is where you want the water to be and i think you could rip that thing order the same exact volume as joao chianca that's what you yeah. do <laughs> yeah but i think I like overall, that's exactly because overall i think we are in an overvolumed era i would like to say we are in peep too many people like god bless the mid-length everyone knows i converted even though i am on a ci pro now and thank you Britt merrick for bringing me home but uh the CI mid is a fantastic word. Everybody's on mid-ish, or too many people are on mid things out there on small days when you should either be like on, I feel, a fishy thing or a uh, trying to do a high performance thing again, right? And But too many people are catching too many waves that they're blowing. Yeah. Well. Volume. Problem. Tell your friend. We're going to go. Less volume. We're going to go. Sp- split on this one barrel or not you're saying barrel give them advice i'm saying no barrel uh don't give them advice let them fail on their own you focus on you by the way nobody even wants your advice no unless a friend says hey i would like your advice on something and even then they probably don't really want to hear your advice but unless they ask don't give it guess what i'm gonna go do with the boardroom show tomorrow david lee scales i'm gonna walk up (laughs) to people and take them by the hand and say hey man I'm looking at your figure. Um, it's kind of catching your vibe. Let me show the board you should ride. Um, I love that Matt Biolis, literally, that is his area of expertise. And it is what he should be doing is telling you what to ride. But he's so, I think he is so over, um, people ask, like people want his attention essentially. Like he is popular. He's got a million obligations. And if you just ask one uh, tiny little thing, it's over the line for him. To you, it's a minor ask. He, to him, he's like, I've got so many people asking me for things. Shut up. Leave me alone. No, he is an asshole. Uh, like he has played his asshole thing up to do this thing where he knows exactly what I should be riding, what he thinks I should be riding. Like he wouldn't know, but he knows exactly without even thinking about it. He has shaped so many boards for so many people, for so many body styles, for so many, every bit of it, right? He knows he could, he could, without wasting time, he could say, you should try a bloody, bloody blah, right? Like your type of style I could, I could picture I've fucking never seen you surf. I don't know. Like, oh my goodness, Matt. Just like play through here, man. Play. I've I've done this with him multiple times too. Of Matt, what board should I be riding? And he's not. We're in a conversation. It's not like he's wanting to get out of the conversation. It's off. I'm, uh, I've never seen you surf. Okay, Matt. How many people? Like, is there infinite amount of surfing styles? Are there like a array of different categories of surfing? that you have never seen before. Like, oh wow. No, Matt, you know, you're just 
like made your whole deal of being a dick. And I appreciate that, I suppose, at the end. It's his persona. He has to live up to it now. Yeah. Except, man, he's really wrecking his persona with his, like, evolving soccer mom looks. That dude is on more of a soccer mom. He, like, he went into soccer mom hard, like, five years or six years ago. And I thought it was just a phase. And he has evolved. He is, he is like, subtle evolution of looking like, like, real, like, the variation of his soccer mom. He's, like... Today I'm a Chino soccer mom. And then in three weeks, I'm a nearby La Puente Hills soccer mom. Like the fine taste of, of his soccer momness is wild. Well, you will be able to ask him what board to ride at the boardroom show tomorrow and he could deliver a curmudgeonly soccer mom answer to you. Perfect. Can't wait. Yeah, it'll be fun. Come one, come all, and come witness that go down. 20 bucks at the door. It's a no-brainer if you live nearby. Um, and then also go to beachgrid.com for everything uh, surf news, world, behind-the-scenes, gossip, fodder related. And, of course, surfsplendorpodcast.com to support our work. Drinkag1.com slash surf and Buell Surf as well. Anything and else, Vayer, Chaz? Vayer Watches. Oh, was it not Vayer yeah, Watches? Yeah, Vayer today? Watches too. I have, a, I have a call from Vayer or for Tools to Live By, but we're going to play it next week, I think. Great. Okay. Uh, where so are you in um, Yet to be determined, actually. Well, enjoy wherever it is. You are in the home of surf meeting turf. I have. A, yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe I will do a surf and a turf wherever I go, just so I can be on brand. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of different people who want to get together, so maybe drinks at one place drinks at red track and tractons and then uh meet somebody else for dinner elsewhere spread it around a little bit good call all right well i will see you tomorrow chaz until then bon voyage